1: Welcome to Millennial Love, the Independent Lifestyle Desk's weekly podcast on love, dating and relationships, hosted by me, Rachel Hosey, Assistant Lifestyle Editor. And me, Olivia Petter, Lifestyle Writer. Each week, we are discussing the core dating issues affecting millennials today. There are endless podcasts out there on love and relationships, but we felt that nobody was speaking directly to our generation, where people ghost, zombie and breadcrumb one another quicker than you can say Tinder. This week we welcome back Indie Best editor Sally Newell.
2: Hi Sally. Hi Rachel. Hi Libby.
1: Hello. It's Christmas guys. Oh I'm so excited. Oh (laughs) did you hear that enthusiasm? Could you tell how much I love Christmas?
2: I'm feeling pretty festive so I'll make up for her.
1: I'm feeling very festive. I've been feeling festive since about mid November. I'd say earlier than that, possibly. We um last night Rachel and I
3: went to a fairly festive event. Oh yeah. Um it was a- in Christmas pudding.
2: Oh yeah, did
3: you? So, oh, and no, Sprout. You ate my Christmas pudding, I, I think. ate most people's puddings.
1: <laughs> 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 <So it laughs> I wonder was, uh, why I'm single.
3: <laughs> it was um, a singles dinner hosted by Bumble and it was at Ketna's Townhouse, which is like this new restaurant that hasn't opened yet in Soho. And neither of us really knew what to expect going into it. It was kind of, the invitation was very ambivalent. It was like, come to this dinner for single Londoners. We were like, okay. I mean, are they going to be Boys? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Will there be boys? Will there be boys? <laughs> so was the, was the, the first question. question. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we didn't know what it was. We was like, we were like, is this a press dinner? Is this a public thing? Is this speed dating? We had no idea what it, what it what it was. And then we got there, and I suddenly felt, oh god, why have I not made more of an effort? It was all these incredibly attractive, trendy, cool-looking young people. Everyone had amazing jobs and were really interesting. And I was like, oh Jesus!
3: Everyone in there was a solid advocate. Eight- eight out of 10 minimum or above. yeah it was there quite was intimidating nice for sure oh yeah definitely
1: but no it was actually a really fun evening like hats off to bumble who i know we go on about a lot they're not like actually paying us or anything we just um are lucky maybe just... they should yeah, <laughs> sponsor <laughs> us <laughs> we're just really lucky to have been invited um What did you think of the evening? I thought it was really interesting.
3: Um, I ended up weirdly, so I was sat next to, it was very like traditional dinner party setups and it was boy girl, boy girl. And I was sat next to two guys and opposite one guy and actually weirdly the guy that ended up getting my number was a guy that was at the other end of the table who wow. we were speaking to at the beginning mm-hmm. and he asked for my number at the beginning of the night because he was sat so far away from me he was like well i can't talk to you from here wait wait
1: he already had assessed the seating plan and how close you were to him he sat
3: down saw i was far away and was oh. like oh well i can't talk to you from here so what's your number give me your phone <laughs> and then wow. yeah and then started texting me like under the table and then was like why aren't you replying i was like dude i'm at dinner like i'm not gonna sit here on my
1: phone
3: <laughs> texting you <laughs> (laughs) That is bold. I know, it was really bold. Refreshingly bold, Mm. but still, like, bold nonetheless. And I was a bit taken aback by it.
1: Yeah, I mean, fair play to him. Fair play to him. I think he was just probably just really wanted your number and wanted to try and find... A reason,
3: but by this point, I'd literally said three words to him. But it was a really interesting event because obviously everyone there is single. It's hosted by Bumble, so the expectation is very much like yeah. you will meet people and you
1: will mate. Go, <laughs> like yeah. it was equal numbers of it's men of and women. Pressure.
3: Yeah, it was quite a lot of pressure. I've never been to an event like that before.
1: Apparently, they did do it last year as well, though, and that there are two
2: people met there and are now a couple.
1: Are they? Isn't that
2: good? And uh, did you ladies meet anyone nice apart from Mr. Texter under the table?
1: <laughs> I met a boy I liked. But you I did.
2: I don't think he liked me back. Oh, oh Rachel. It's
1: too early to tell, surely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was bold. I was like, this event is sponsored by Bumble. Women have to make the first move. So
3: This is true. And you did make the first move. I
1: did. I did. What? You got his number? Yeah. And so I don't, it's probably not going to go anywhere. But anyway, it's good practice of making the first move anyway. I think so, so because it's not really our natural, as much as
3: we'd love to be like, yeah, sassy independent women I can take on the world. It's just not my natural inclination to make the first move with a guy.
1: Some guys actually like to make the first move, I think. Yeah. Yeah. True. But anyway, this is not actually one of the topics today. No, not at all. Um, (laughs) It's just something on our minds after the party last night. So later on in the podcast, we're going to talk about something called Marleying, which is a newly identified Christmas dating trend where an ex shows up out of the blue during the festive period. It is nothing. Let me just say it has nothing to do with Bob Marley. Yeah. Or Marley and me.
3: Oh, I didn't even think
1: about that. Yeah. You know, the dog. That's what springs to my mind. No, I did know the dog. Yeah. (laughs) Um... But first, we are going to discuss the pressures of being single at Christmas time. And for a lot of us, these pressures come from very close to home when you you know, you go back to your parents at Christmas time and you suddenly get the influx, possibly from your mother, of, "But why are you single? Do you guys have experience of this?
3: Weirdly, my granddad actually asked me that. The other day, mm. <laughs> I, was at, I was at their house for dinner, my granddad and my grandma, and out of nowhere, they started asking me about my dating life. And they were like, oh, so are you dating anyone at the moment? And at this point, I wasn't. I said no. And my granddad was just like, why not, Livvy? Why, why not? <laughs> and and my grandma was like, you can't ask her that.
2: And like slapped him on the wrist. At least she said that. <laughs> Does that happen to you, Sal? I find my... I tend to manage my mum's expectations by making it clear that if I am seeing someone that I think and I think it might go somewhere that I'll tell her and if not she should assume that I'm not so I think uh, my silence speaks volumes when I go home um I know a lot of my friends, you know, I'm 32 and a lot of my friends say, single friends say that they get guilt tripped about grandchildren. And I have to say, hats off to my mum. She does not do that and she doesn't have any grandchildren for my older sister either. So, um, yeah, she's a bit of a legend. And Hmm. um, we're from quite a small family. And I think my aunts and uncles know me well enough to know that I would tell them if there was someone significant in my life. So I do feel very lucky, actually, when I hear other people's horror stories at this time of year. I think there's, like, this idea that it's just... You can
1: think of Bridget Jones, you know, when she's at, like, the annual turkey curry buffet and there's all these, like, you know, distant aunts and uncles asking about your love life. To be fair, my extended family don't really tend to ask me much. Um,
3: I think it's a go-to question, though, for those distant relatives that you don't really see and you only see them once once a year. Like, there's only so many questions that are on their list. It's like, Mm. how's your job? How's your home life who are you dating they're like it's just on the list of generic yeah. small talk questions and that you know obviously they probably don't realize if if you're like desperately single that's like the worst question they can ask you yeah. to them it's just a normal so like you know how how's your dating life are you single and to you it's like oh for god's sake <laughs> leave me alone but they're just being polite
2: one of my uh, one of my good friends who I used to live with, so we would compare notes on this often, she had a huge family and they'd have these big get-togethers at Christmas. And she said she always felt lucky that she had one cousin, a female cousin... Men don't seem to get quite as much stick, um, yeah. who was a um, couple of years older than her and single. So she'd always say to me, oh, the buffer's going to be there, so it's <laughs> okay. So the cousin was the buffer from all the uh, nosy relatives. And then suddenly the buffer met someone. So then my friend was, that year, my friend was really worried about what was going to happen. I can now happily report that she has married herself. So, wow. uh, yeah. So uh, now probably the next person down is having to go through what she went to, but through but it was it was something that genuinely upset her
1: Mm. i think it's really interesting as well because i think people often think you know i've got a lot of cousins and the older ones have started getting married i've got another wedding in january and i'm super excited about it but you know people sort of expect it to go in order of age and then I'm starting to feel like oh it's it's getting down getting down to me now oh (laughs) awkward (laughs) gonna be waiting a while still guys and i i don't know i think i think um what you were saying, Sal, about how, you know, as a woman, when you reach your 30s, I think they probably pile the pressure on more because the baby thing?
2: Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. can't you hear my biological clock ticking? That old chestnut. Uh, <laughs> n- yeah, but as I said, my mum's actually good about that. And perhaps it's because she had kids in her mid-30s. So she, you know, is happy she's happy if we're happy and at Ugh. the moment me and my sister are happy pursuing our careers and who knows what will happen um mm. in the future but I know from friends you know they get they get it a lot you know choice phrases like am I ever going to be a grandmother Ugh. or dropping mm. in that you know they're the only one in their book group who doesn't have grandchildren things like that um and I think really it is a different time you know, completely mm. different.
3: It's so unfair to put those pressures on your children.
1: The thing is, right? I adore my mum. She is the best human I know. Like, love her to pieces. But she does not get me when it comes to relationships, dating, love God, things. Me neither. She she doesn't understand that i can be happy single She like last time i went home like last month i got this big sort of like i was just getting ready for bed and my mom came into my room and i was like oh no here we go love you mum. um and <laughs> she's just asking me like but why are you single don't you meet boys you like and i'm like yeah mum, but you know i haven't met anyone like i like enough yet and she goes But I just don't understand like you and so many of your friends are single and I don't understand why. And I genuinely think it has a lot to do with the fact that our generation of women have been brought up, I think, potentially with different priorities to even just, you know, one generation above, like our parents' generation. And we're not so focused on just finding a man and having babies. And I'm not saying that's what like our parents' generation was purely focused on. No, it's not. But I think you're right. We're a much more empowered generation
3: than ever before. Exactly. And I think we are encouraged to be more independent than previous generations would have been. And I think, you know, the idea of being single and being alone is a bit less comprehensible to our parents' generation than to... All of our, I mean, so many of my friends are single. Yeah, and it's and it's just not a big deal. But it's so funny that you, your mom is the same as my mom, like just not really understanding. Yeah. why someone is single. But equally, my mom has no understanding of like the nuances of modern day dating terminology. Oh my
1: gosh. So funny. At a while all. ago, um, this is why I can't really tell my mom when I'm dating someone because she gets way too excited. My parents then like Google the guy's father and like find out all about his like his company and how it's doing on the. Or I don't know whatever it is and uh, that's why I can't tell them anymore because I get too excited and get too carried away Um, but yes I remember a while ago I I was actually with my brother and my sister we were trying to explain to my mum the concept of seeing someone this is what my mother does not understand and then she was like but if you're going on dates and hanging out just the two of you like your boyfriend and girlfriend and I'm like no yeah
3: she literally asked me a few weeks ago, like, so how's your boyfriend? Because I told her that I'd been on a few dates with this guy. And I was like, mom, he's not my boyfriend. I'm just, she's like, whoa, if he's not your boyfriend, like, why not? Mm. And I was like, I'm just, I'm just seeing him. She's like, what does that mean? Yeah. I was like, I, to be honest, I don't really know either. No, but I know that he's messy. not my boyfriend.
1: And, and my mom's like, so could he be seeing other girls? And I'm like, yes, yes, he could. <laughs> and it's a bit shit. <laughs> oh, damn it. I've just given us an expleted thing. Sorry. You can go back to it. You don't have to include it. I've said it now. All right. Said it now. We've got the E. Oh, let's, let's, um, let's share. everywhere right. then. <laughs> <laughs> swearing a clock. No, let's not be vulgar for the sake of it. But, um, souls. <laughs> um, well, I've distracted myself now with, um, expletives. <laughs> yeah, no. It, yeah, it's a bit annoying, but that is just the dating culture we're in. And it's just so different. It's just so different. My mum just is very much like, but I just want you to be happy. And I'm like, I
3: am Happy. Can I ask though, why do you think, what is it, as someone that doesn't celebrate Christmas, there does seem to be a particular pressure on this time of year than at any other time of the year? Like you said, it's that Bridget Jones moment mm. when it's all of those relatives coming and asking her, why are you single? Are you dating anyone? What do you think it is about this time of year that puts that extra pressure on people?
1: It's family time. That's what I think it think? is. It's when families come together. So people start to think about expanding the family and you creating your own family.
3: But do you not think there's an element of, like, the romanticization of, like, you know, Christmas is such a magical time? And as Rachel has kept,
1: <laughs> she's literally quoted this to me five times today.
3: At Christmas, you tell the truth. Quote Love Actually. Quote from Love Actually.
2: I think it's also that Christmas is a, it's a marker of 12 months that have passed. Um, yeah. so it's a natural, you know, end of the calendar year. Mm. And so naturally, it's a point of reflection. So yeah. you're going to reflect back, you're going to reflect forward, you can you say that? You're going to look forward and think, you know, what What do I have? What do I think about what I have? What don't I have? Yeah. What am I going to do about it? Um, like a, You know, a, a friend was saying to me that she spent the whole of the last Christmas she was with her last long-term boyfriend, sort of wishing that she wasn't with him. And it was she said it was a Christmas period that crystallised her thoughts. Oh, perhaps really? when she was around family and loved ones and, you know, perhaps couples that were better together than she saw that her and her boyfriend were and she said um it did take you know a few months later before she finally did did it it. but it was that christmas period where she thought right
3: it's funny it's like the subconscious kind of craving for deeper human connections at this time of year that's why people love love actually you're looking at me with a scorned face but you have a routine with love actually and you love Love that film and people it's because And like the holiday and all of those Christmas films. People love to indulge in that stuff at this time of year.
1: Oh, I know. I completely get swept up in the magic of Christmas and I'm like, it's the time for love. Yeah, exactly. But then if you know, I'm actually also run away from feelings. But again, (laughs) don't be afraid to catch (laughs) me. There we
2: go. (laughs) But then again, there's also a huge appeal to just sitting on the sofa in a onesie eating like mince pie. mince pie, Uh, And, you know if you're single, you can just be selfish and do that.
1: Yeah. And and it's like
2: like mermaid blanket. So like your legs are literally in case. Yeah, I've
1: seen that. Like there is like (laughs) no one getting in there.
2: And actually being single, it does give you opportunities that you probably wouldn't have if you were in a relationship and you had to think about, you know, particularly at Christmas, you have to think about the other person, but also their family and, you know, your in-laws or whatever that is. And, um, you know, I'm going away this year with my family, but then I'm extending the trip to do um, to do some fun travel pieces for work. And that's kind of an opportunity I wouldn't be able to take probably with someone else. And I'm just making the most of it because, you know, who knows when I'll have more commitments or dependents to worry about. I won't just be able to swan off to, um, you know, the other side of the world I think when that's it exactly suits me. What,
1: yeah, that's exactly what you should be doing. 100%. 100%. I am gel. Yeah, take well, advantage of it.
2: But then, you know, I'm also a little bit jealous of people that get, like, engagement rings under the Christmas tree at this time of year. Yeah. But Oh, God, I would not want to be proposed to you under the Christmas tree. It's it's the most popular time yes. of year. Rachel, Rachel would love that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be okay with it to be honest. Yeah. Or you know, in Lady I could go in the for a Christmas Wedding as well. Oh, oh my god. god! Or Lady in the Tramp when uh, Jim Deer gives Darling the puppet Lady in a box. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's classic.
1: Film. You haven't seen that
2: film. Oh, I'm feeling like an old millennial now. No, come on! I've seen Lady <laughs> in the Tramp. I mean, it's the iconic spaghetti scene. Tell me. Oh,
3: oh no! I have. I have. You know. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, and I have. he
2: buys the bloke. By I haven't his seen wife. it
3: recently. I, I mean, <laughs> but I think
2: what? I watch it every week. <laughs> The bloke buys his wife a puppy in a box with a ribbon and that's always what I thought, you know, Christmas with my husband would be like. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely some animal cruelty issues there. (laughs) (laughs) Puppy should
1: not be in a box. Anywho, yeah, Christmas when you're single can be tricky.
0: Hold up, what was that?
2: It can indeed. I wanted to, and actually, I wanted to uh, bring up the issue of uh, sleeping arrangements. Oh, yeah, that's another thing, isn't it? When you go back to your
3: parents' home, you're looking at me for recognition. I don't do this stuff. So okay, please explain. no, that's true. Well, what do you mean? Mean,
1: so, I mean, so I go home to my parents along with my brother and sister, yeah. and um, I go back to my childhood bedroom, which has a single bed, because oh. I've always been single, and it's like I've, got like, this, like I've got this like groovy chick bed linen on it which is actually kind cool, of ironically cool now I like to think.
2: Well one of our uh, one of our former colleagues at the Independent or freelancer Rodri Marsden um he started this brilliant uh, Twitter trend back I think 6 years ago now where he tweeted a picture of his bedroom at, his bed at Christmas in his parents house and it was like you know football covers cuddly <laughs> toys probably a kids bed or something and he didn't know what he was starting because people started replying with the pictures of their, where they were sleeping. And there were some absolutely ridiculous things like uh, bedding in the kitchen next to the washing machine, um, <laughs> literally, you know, a racing car bed. That's hilarious. <laughs> And actually, the solidarity that people found on social media probably made the whole thing a bit more bearable, really. Yeah. Like, who is having the worst time? It's (laughs)
1: hilarious that as a single person, you sort of get cast aside and put in, like, either your old childhood's bed or, say, you've gone to some extended family and you've just ended up in the kid's bed. (laughs) <laughs> oh, God.
2: Yeah, can't wait. No, but in all seriousness, I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think that phenomenon's been summed up as bad duvets, unpleasant curtains and deflating airbeds. And um, I expect I'll be seeing all three this Christmas. Look forward to it. <laughs> it's going to be great. Right. Let's move on to dating disaster of the week.
1: So thanks again for sending these in, guys. We adore reading them because who doesn't love a disaster date? Here we go. I swiped right to a guy who had the cutest pug, who I later found out isn't his, and he had stolen it just for the purpose of this picture. We got chatting and quickly moved over to WhatsApp after a few days, where the conversation flowed and all the lols and sassy emojis were being used. We realised we were only ten minutes from each other and decided to go and get a drink then and there. Big points for spontaneous dates. We met a few hours later and he looked nothing like his photo at all and smelt of BO, weed and God knows what else. I decided to give him the benefit of the doubt because I was all dolled up and this sassiness doesn't happen on the regular and I wasn't going to let it go to waste. So we start to drive to the bar and he reveals that he hasn't got his wallet on him and can we stop by his house? He now tells me that he is 32 and still lives with his parents. Creepiness points of 10 after arriving at his house he says he wants to show me around and I am nearly dying with the smell in his car so agree and as we're walking round, there seems to be a contraption made from a clothes horse dirty stained sheets and pillows in the corner of his living room did you have your nephew round earlier I ask him the man replies no, I made us a fort in case you wanted to come back and watch a film later we didn't go for a drink I faked a toothache after 10 minutes of him showing me his band music and left.
3: I'm sorry, the fort thing. That must be a joke. Surely he was making a joke. But he had made a fort. No, but maybe there was some sort of other reason. Like as if a 32-year-old man would make a fort. Still with his parents though. Yeah, I know. But but like he left it, they're only back at his house because he left his wallet right so surely he didn't anticipate that he was going to bring her back maybe he conveniently left his wallet and did you
2: say a pommel horse
3: a clothes horse Oh, clothes clothes horse.
2: Horse. <laughs> 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 I,
3: was, I think that's such a weird phrase but it's just the thing that you hang your washing yeah on. a drying yeah rack. no so, i think sorry era? i was getting an like era.
2: 50 shades of gray yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> i think
3: i think this is a joke that's been taken too seriously in my humble opinion if someone said that to me i'd be like ha, lol yeah i've made a fort. that's funny <laughs> no
2: i still I, know, I, think um, it's weird. I just think it is quite weird and yeah it it wouldn't fill me with confidence that he wasn't perhaps trying to kill me well and the <laughs> fact that he smells of bo and weed. you know all and the other th-
3: stuff is not attractive but i think the fourth thing is quite funny I and i don't think he was being weird. serious
1: i do not blame her for faking a toothache and leaving and he you know if he had any common sense would have seen right through that yeah but anywho disaster day we love it thank you so much so our next discussion point of today's festive podcast is marleying now this is not exactly a dating trend because it's not new i think it's been happening every christmas time for we you know all christmas past. so this is named after jacob marley from dickens christmas carol um Jacob Marley was Scrooge's business partner who appears as a ghost out of nowhere, having been gone for years. And the new data from eHarmony um, said that one in 10 singles have had this done to them. Essentially, what it is is an ex coming out of the wood. What's the expression? Woodwork. Woodwork. Yeah, mm. woodwork. I was about to say waterwork, and I was like, no, different. That's different. Um, so it's an ex coming out of the woodwork. Yes. <laughs> I'm really questioning <laughs> myself now. Woodwork. Is it plural? Woodworks? No, no that's water. Work. Work.
3: Water works is plural. Oh,
1: God, Christmas has frazzled my brain. Okay, so it's an X just appearing. Let's let's go with that. Um, and getting <laughs> back in touch with you either for just saying I want a drink, to reminisce, or I want to hook up, or I want to go on a date, something <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, at Christmas time, and it's really interesting because you know there are various reasons for this. It's about you know Christmas is a time when people get nostalgic and start to think about. You know, memories of times gone past. And at Christmas, you tell the truth. Quite. Or it's just people <laughs> being lonely. Um, and yeah, it's a thing. Essentially, what it is, is
3: zombieing, but seasonal zombieing. It is fe- basically zombieing is the same thing. It's when a ghost, you know, so someone who has maybe ghosted you, as in stopped talking to you, suddenly comes back from the dead. Or you know the spirit world and starts talking to you again, and that's what marleying, as my understanding of it is. So it is festive, zombieing in Socially. millennial dating buzzword terms.
1: We love a buzzword.
3: We
2: love a buzzword. I
1: think it also comes down to people just going home for Christmas and bumping into old flame. Mm.
2: Yeah, or sort of going past a pub you used to go to on dates with an old flame or mm. whatever, or a I don't know, and then thinking, what you know, why not just drop them a line and see if they're also in town for Christmas. Also, I'm a bit dubious of those statistics. One in ten, I'd say it's more like seven in ten. Yeah, <laughs> I reckon it's way
1: more common than that, yeah. actually. Yeah, I think a lot of people have done it. Yeah. I'd
2: say we've probably all done it and it's all probably been done to all of us as mm. well. I actually don't think I have done it or it has been done to me. <laughs> um, but to be fair, I don't think I
1: have anyone like at home. No, who is could be considered an this, whole, or this whole this whole going home
3: for Christmas thing is very new to me because I don't really have like a.
1: Well, that's because you're a proper Londoner, born and bred. Yeah. Whereas so. most people actually, their parents don't live where they live because mm. they leave home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, most of us have to go back to our parents. Back to the home counties, provinces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I do think it's definitely more common than one in ten, though. I'm sure a lot of people because it's only natural. You think about. You know, at Christmas the emphasis is very much on intimacy and relationships, whether it's family or friends or or past flames. So I think if you are single, it's only natural that you would maybe kind of nostalgically look back on the last person you had real feelings for. Maybe not
1: even just the last one. No. As as well I the think- The last few. <laughs> 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 I didn't mean one as in multiple. <laughs> I meant like maybe it was like the penultimate one. Yeah. Or like the Whoever
3: you had the most feelings to I mean. I know, or just whoever the one is there. Yeah, true. Or whoever there's no, there's not closure with.
2: Or who I mean, just anyone that'll help you pass the time when you're sleeping in a single bed with a <laughs> Disney duvet cover next to the washing true. machine. Very true. <laughs> I mean Yeah, you know. maybe if you go
1: and have a sleepover at theirs it'll be a better bed. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually quite a good tactic. Yeah, exactly. Be like sauce parents. <laughs> I don't want to face your grilling and sleep in the in the racing car bed. <laughs> No, but then obviously all your parents would and your extended family would speculate.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah, that, that would add fuel to their fire. I actually once did sleep in a racing car bed <laughs> uh, when I went to a wedding. That was possi- that was possibly a low, a real low. <laughs>
3: I'm not surprised. Uh, in a
2: child's racing, children's racing car bed when you were watching other people being joined in holy matrimony, it may have been unholy, actually, but
3: <laughs> I didn't think that racing car beds were actually a thing. It just always reminds me of the episode of Friends. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, when Monica gets the massive race car bed. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a real thing.
1: I mean, if I was a child, I'd probably enjoy I'm one. sure you
3: would. Groovy Chick duvet covers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> good times, good times. Can't wait to go back to it. It's
3: great. You kind of look a bit like Groovy Chick, actually.
1: Thank you. Thank, Thank you so much. Rachel, you're
2: still a groovy chick in my eyes. I'm um, a groovy chick at heart. Aren't we all? There was also a
1: funky girl. Remember funky
2: girl?
3: Oh yeah. Groovy chick's sassy counterpart. Yeah, yeah. maybe
2: that's you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. What does that make me Groovy <laughs> Chick's mum? No. Cool older
1: sister. Oh right, yeah, sorry. I didn't I can't think of any more characters. But um yeah, defos, defos. I don't know. I'm wondering if there is um an age thing to do with marleying. Do you think it's more common at younger ages? The study found that it was most likely to happen in London and Wales. That is interesting. I've no idea why. Was
3: well, it, so London Isn't it London and Cardiff? No, they said Wales. Oh, did they? Yeah, like the whole, <laughs> the whole, the whole of, whole of Wales. Wales.
2: I mean, Wales has yeah. you know, got its remote parts. So maybe it's just like when you are sitting at home, you just want someone to text rather than to physically meet. Yeah,
3: I find that surprising that London was the most common because you would think it would happen more in the provinces. Because mm, people leave
1: London. Yeah, people leave London. So then the exactly. ones who are left behind are like, OMG, Yeah. got no
3: one Very left. few are left behind, trust me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's not many of us.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure this is a scientific survey. I mean, I can't remember how many people
1: they did survey, but it was in the thousands. So I'd like to think it's pretty legit. But also... Yeah, one in ten sounds low. I, I bet people just don't admit to it. No. I was going to
2: say,
3: yeah, I bet people don't admit to it because it's also quite, maybe not embarrassing, but to...
1: To be seen to be crawling back to your Yeah,
3: ex. exactly. It's not the most kind of thing. It's not something you'd really want to boast about.
1: Yeah. No, I think it's interesting. And I think now that there is a name for this, I think people are going to be a lot more conscious of it. I love when there's a name for something. It just I legitimizes know. it as a feeling or a thing. I know, but it also just helps you... Yeah, realize what something is mm. or what you've done. I love it. Same. And Then we come out with all these buzzwords, and everyone's like, "We have no
2: idea what you're talking about." They're clearly not listening to the podcast enough. They're really not. I mean, I did have. To, I do need to go and look on Urban Dictionary after this conversation. Oh, just <laughs> chat to us,
3: babes. We got it all. We are basically <laughs> the Urban Dictionary of <laughs> dating buzzwords. I know. We're our own. Yeah.
1: Lol. Anyway, so. Now it is time for Bumble Bio of the Week. So this is from a guy called Charlie, who's 25, and he says, Yachtsman, investor, soldier, and rugby player. Currently living in London. Trying to be that gentleman, colon. Less Netflix and chill. More Amazon Prime and commitment. Looking to find someone to take to family family events so they stop asking what is wrong with me. Now, I picked this for various reasons firstly that last line is very relevant to what we've discussed um but the second thing is there's actually sort of one line in this that i really liked the rest of it was a bit meh no offense charlie um it's less netflix and chill more amazon prime and commitment yeah i like that a
3: lot and i actually think that should have been the bio on its own yeah don't tell me about your yachting and your business stuff i mean, and
1: I, I like the rest that he says i'm like hmm Investor, Yotta. it's just like it's just a bit soldier. too much info. I think
3: less is more with bumble buyers. I really do. I, I think if you've got a witty line, leave it at that. I just dis- coming back for more.
2: I disagree, but that's oh. probably maybe because I'm looking for something different to what you're looking for. Yeah. And I would say my uh bumble setting. actually, I'm not on bumble, but my settings are probably set to older than 25, and I've seen that uh amazon prime and commitment thing before so i'd say you? charlie's you? bio Damn. is full of cliche
1: i thought it was original oh, no Charlie, mate. you
2: copycat yeah and those cliches make me feel a bit sick so uh saws it's no from me but then i'm way too old for him anyway so no no you're not sal absolutely not no likey no lighty from sally I mean, we need to talk on another podcast about uh, the age men set on their uh, dating profiles. What, uh, why? Tell us briefly now. Well, my friends in their 30s, their upper age limit are things like 28. So, obviously, that's a bit depressing. What? Yeah. Uh, there's that line in Bride
1: Wars where she says... Um, th- okay, this is really depressing. I don't think it's true. She goes... 30 is the cut-off point because it's the final age that men want to date someone their age. I mean, that's true.
2: In my experience, that is true. I mean, there obviously there are men. In fact, someone I know is going out with someone who's 34 and he said to her, you must have slipped through the net because <gasps> my age range is set to younger than that. She's
3: so bleak. Mm. Ugh. Ugh, discrimination. I hate it. God damn it, bastards. I can say that now because we're swearing, aren't we?
1: Uh, yeah, well, we've, we've fucked it. On <laughs> <laughs> um, that cheery note about how shit, merry be. bloody Christmas, <laughs> yeah, happy fucking New Year. I'm sorry, we've sworn so much. Oh, it feels we're so good. Oh, it's awful, but. On another note, thank you so much, everyone who's listened um, this year. This isn't actually our final episode of the year. No, we will be doing a New Year's Eve special next week. Because millennial love does not stop for Christmas time. For no holiday. (laughs) No, we'll still be here.
2: I will not be. I'll be in Australia, sunning myself. Sal's going to be having a lovely time. Uh, (laughs) Olivia and I will
1: be here. (laughs) Uh, You know, putting in the hours. (laughs) Still single. Potentially having done some marleying. Yeah. Um, But we wish you all the merriest of Christmas, um, Christmases even. Please do subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes as this helps other people discover the podcast. And please keep sending in your dating
3: disasters. We're still really keen to hear from some men. We know that you listen. So send us your terrible dating stories and we'll read them out with joyful voices
1: anonymously though oh yes anonymously Anonymously.
3: don't worry Um, so so you can email them to millennial.love at independent.co.uk or you can also tweet us at Rachel underscore
2: Hosey and Olivia Petter one Sally thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me gals it's been enlightening I'm going home to look up zombying (laughs) I I know I should know working with you two ladies but I don't.
1: There are too many. There are too many. Mm. Well, we'll we'll educate you. We got this gradually. Um, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful Christmas, and we will see you next week. Bye. Merry Christmas.
0: Hold up! What was that?